I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We have a super special guest with us today in the Songtown studios. We got artist Ellie Holcomb, and she's going to be telling you about uh, her new album and a lot of the songs behind it and some uh, beautiful stories that she has to share. So I want to start off by playing you just a clip of Canyon, which is the title track from her album, and then we'll drop into the interview. All right, everybody, we got Ellie Holcomb in the Songtown Zoom room today, and I'm so excited. I want to tell you, the first time I saw you, you were playing, I believe it was Musician's Corner with your husband, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, and um, when the the first song started, you began to move, and I told my wife, that woman feels music. She doesn't, yes. she, you know, and, and just the way you interpret music with your whole self, I think is really inspirational. And, and so I'm really glad to, to meet you and have you on the podcast. I'm so honored to be here. And I love Musicians Corner. And I love that that's where, like, we were in the same place the first exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> I know. And so I just play them a little bit of the title track to your new album, Canyon. Awesome. And I'd love to hear the story behind that song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you and I are East Nashville folks. So we, um, in the wake of the tornado, I, you know, it felt like there was so much beauty. You could, I don't know, there was so much beauty in the wake of that community, neighbors helping neighbors, strangers helping strangers, Um, even though it was so hard and so scary. Were you okay during that, by the way? Yeah, we were close, but very fortunate. Okay. Yeah. We were in the thick of it. So it was a, it was the scariest night of my life. And then a week later, safer home COVID, we all know what year we've had. I mean, it felt like kind of hope got quarantined. And so, um, I had been in the process of, um, kind of via counseling journey, really learning to grieve some of the things in my own story and, uh, had written a whole record about that process that just that kind of personal process of grief and all of a sudden in the wake of the tornado in the wake of um covid so much loss the racial tension and everything i all of a sudden this learning me learning how to grieve was expanded to like a global scale if that makes any sense um and i'm so grateful for that and so um grieved we all did we all grieved a lot um the last year and in the midst of all of that loss and trauma and pain when the numbers were lower about a year ago this time in august my husband and i took a trip to the grand canyon and we were uh camped on the northern rim we were doing like an outdoor trip i was supposed to play on an alaskan cruise which got canceled um for work obviously (laughs) thank god we didn't get stuck on a boat but we had um we were gonna bring my brother and sister-in-law with us and when that trip got canceled they already had childcare, and so we were like let's do something that we could do safely like outside camping or whatever so we camped on the northern rim went down into the grand canyon have you ever been no i have not actually 
it's, I had not ever been either. It was my first time. Um, rafted the Colorado River, spent the night on the riverbanks and then rafted out. And I will never forget it because our guide, when we were down there, was telling us that the canyon walls really tell a story. And it's a story of disaster upon disaster upon disaster, landslide, mudslide, volcano, flood, drought. And you could just see it. Like you can read it like a book. And there's this huge divide in between them, but they're the very pit of the canyon. There we were on a river. And I just had this realization that this is what most of our hearts look like, especially in the wake of this year, like loss on loss, trauma on trauma, compounding pain and ache um, on compounding pain and ache. And so I just had this sort of realization that in the, in the middle of the deepest part of the canyon, the lowest point, there was still a current of water that was there. And I think as it turns out, there is a current of love that I think runs deeper, uh, just like water always moves to the lowest place. Um, in my experience, that's what I've seen to be true of God <laughs> and of love. And so I just thought, oh my gosh. So I've, I, I started like crying on the raft, which is a little awkward, but, <laughs> um, and it was so hot, but it was so beautiful. And I just thought, man, if we could get to a place, if I could get to a place where I could know that even in my most broken, painful, raw, aching place, that I could be carried by a current of love there, that I could be okay, even there. I think that would change about everything for me. And then almost everything being carried back to a place where, you know, you belong to love, but where you belong to each other as well. And that felt like a really important message for this time where things are so divided and strangers are hating strangers on the internet and the comment sections. And so I just thought I actually went home um, and I had written probably 35 songs about my personal journey of grieving. And I literally shoved almost all of them off my desk and wrote King and with my producer, um, Casey Cooley, who's incredible. And then another artist and songwriter, one of my favorites, honestly, named Thad Cockrell. So I wrote really a whole new record after coming home from that trip. I couldn't shake it. Oh, wow. So what's going to happen with the other songs that you pushed aside? Will they come back Great later? question. You know, sometimes I think, I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever come back around or not. They might. I loved them all. We were in pre-production, you know, so it wasn't like, Oh, those just weren't that good of songs. But so I may tell that story one day. Sometimes I do believe that there are times when we as songwriters write something uh, that we have to write for ourselves before we can write the next thing. Right. And I and I don't know. I do think maybe there are a couple of songs that I feel pretty certain. I just that was like medicine for me. And then once I got that medicine of writing that song and getting that out of my system, I was able to write something that was, um, I don't know, maybe more accessible or global. I, it was a really interesting thing. It just, I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, love, like hope is a raindrop and it's so important. And when I was in the Grand King and I was like, oh, it's not a raindrop. It's the whole ocean. It's all the water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, Whoa, I got to write some songs that feel bigger than just this little thing and the little thing so matters and that detail yeah. and personal kind of story matters but I, I my heart was expanding and I feel like the songs expanded too 
That's awesome. You know, I think sometimes a song unlocks us, unlocks something in our soul that leads us to the next thing. And, and it sounds like that's kind of what happened with you. Totally. And I don't know about you, but when I'm writing for a record, I always say it feels like picking up a trail of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, oh gosh, I want to explore this. And sometimes if there's like an idea that I want to get across, um, I don't always start with an idea. A lot of times I start with a melody, but if there's something that I want to say, I, like that's a, that's a great place to be or a story that you want to tell. Um, I'll sometimes write that's I'll write three different versions of that story in different ways from different perspectives and, and in, not different genres per se, but with a different tone or, or style a little bit. And so um, that's been a really beautiful, it's just been a beautiful thing to, to kind of watch the personal unfolding of the songs coming out. And then um, the more global unfolding is what King felt like. Yeah. Till, well, talk to me about the song Bridge, because I think I saw in, in your bio and the notes that they sent me that racial reconciliation is important to you. And that's a theme that's very important to me as well. So I'd love to mm-hmm. just hear about that song and where that came from. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there was one of the gifts of 2020 was the silence and the stillness. I think a lot of us, I mean, it exposed a lot, obviously, in all of our own personal lives, but also like systemically for me um, in the wake of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, um, there was a sense where I've always known that that's been an issue. It's not like I've been oblivious, um, but I couldn't look away or, or like, I don't know. It just, I had, I paid attention more closely to those things and um, ended up realizing, I think I need to educate myself because of the color of my skin, my experience is very different, I think, than some of my black and brown brothers and sisters. And so I just, I took a deep dive on trying to educate myself on the history of our country in churches and the systems, people's personal stories. And it was um, heavy. I mean, ta- th- that's part of what I'm saying, like a global, like deep national level of grieving. Um, and I st- after I did some educating, um, I started having conversations with some friends of mine who had a different experience just because of the color of their skin living here. And as I intentionally listened, um, something began to quicken in my heart that longed for something better. And really for all of us, I think all of us have been missing out. (laughs) Um, And so I'm like, oh, there's something so much more full. There's a fuller spectrum. And so I started with a friend of mine, Zandi, Maury, um, who's in an amazing band called The New Respects, a uh, beautiful black woman, guitar player. Um, and she and I started a bridge builder group. There's a, a book called Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison. Uh, she lives in Atlanta, beautiful black woman, beautiful story, and an invitation to listen intentionally, to grieve and lament, to repent, and then to be about the good work of building bridges and, and finding our way back to one another. And man, we, those conversations sometimes felt like throwing, throwing seeds at monsters. Like, I don't know. It's like, we need to do so many more big things than just talk about this. But what happened in those little tiny conversations is that my perspective and vision 
completely transformed and shifted. And, and my understanding of the scope of love, um, for me, I come from like a, a faith perspective, the scope of God's love. Um, it became like wider, higher, deeper, more wonderful, more colorful, more powerful than I ever imagined it could be. And so I just thought, man, I would love. And so that song was born out of that group and actually co-wrote it with Zandy, my co-leader, and then another girl who's a songwriter who's in the group and a guy named Jordan Reynolds. Um, and it was, it feels like such a beautiful representation of the seismic shifts that were happening in my heart. And I'm not here to shame anybody um, who's like not ready for that journey, but I, I definitely don't want to miss the opportunity um, to invite people into that work because it's been some of the most life-giving um, work that in conversations that I've had re in recent memory. And so um, I really love how it turned out. I really didn't want it to be a finger pointing. I wanted it to be, I'll go first. Right. I got this wrong. And maybe that's a good, that's a, that's a cool way to think about writing songs. I'll go first. Okay. Yes. Here's, here's, here's a raw representation of me in this place. And I think there's a beautiful invitation in songs that do that for me, at least I connect so much to songs that feel raw. I'll go first. Here's where I am Absolutely. raw and it kind of ragged edges. And it, I think it, that songs a lot of times invite us to, to be our raw, broken, aching selves. Um, together, it feels a little less alone. Yeah. In my country songs, I call that hillbilly wisdom. It's kind of a, a sense of, I don't know the answer, but f I'm trying this, you know, and if you want to join me on that, you know. So much. That's perfect. You know, I think to, so the, the really powerful thing in all of that, and I had an experience during COVID as well, where we were walking our dog down the street and our um, beautiful neighbor that lives across the street is a black woman that has three sons. And she was sitting on her porch and I, it was right after George Floyd. And I just asked her how she was doing. And she broke down and said, I'm scared for my boys. And she began telling me stories and her experience as a parent of black boys was so different than my experience as a parent of a white son. In that, you know, I told my child, if you have trouble, run to the police and they'll help you. The police have, you know, been the people that they're most afraid of at times. Yeah. And just having that conversation started me on the same journey you're talking about of like, yeah. oh, I really need to know what, the, you know, just simply asking people, what's your experience and how can I help that be better or how can I walk with you in that I think is so powerful. It's so powerful. And I, you know, I love that. I love that so much. And I love that, you know, it's a risk. I always tell Zandy, my co-leader of this like small group of diverse women. I'm like, I, it's a risk. There's a cost. There's a cost to your neighbor, a, a risk that she took in sharing her story with you. And it landed in a, in a really beautiful, safe place in you. And, um, and I guess that's any risk, right. To be like, mm -hmm. I think I might've gotten this wrong. Like I need to help me understand. And Zandy always says, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like if that has not. And so there is this sense of, um, 
I think people kind of cringe at this word sometimes, but like white privilege of we haven't had to have that. We have no idea what it's like to fear, to, to not know. And it's not that every cop is that, but it's just, it's like, there's an, there's a level of unknown that is potentially going to take your life yeah. <laughs> situation. I have no idea what that's like. And so it's such a beautiful thing, I think, to listen Listening is a superpower, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And, so, and, I, and, and man, think, as a songwriter, what a great, that's our job, right? Is to like yeah. focus in and, and to see the unseen and to connect the seemingly unconnectable. And um, man, I'm, I am my best songwriting self when I'm listening. Yeah. Well, um, I, that began a journey of me asking her to email me stories and, through that, we wound up writing a song together called Black Mothers, and she sang it. And um, we're going to be on NP- going to do an NPR interview with it. And she's going to be it's her first interview ever in her life. But I think people need to hear her story. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to share your song with her. Absolutely, it is. It is my sincere joy. It has been such a gift. So I have to share with you part of the song Bridge by Ellie Holcomb. So we'll play that and then we'll get back to the interview. If you wanna cross over this great divide, if you long for a day that doesn't feel like night, if you're searching for answers that you cannot find, build a bridge, build a bridge to the other side. Build a bridge, build a bridge to the other side. I love that song, and here's more of the interview with Ellie. Well, when people listen to the whole album, what do you want them to know about you? I think that I, I want them to know that even in the darkest place, places that I've been in my life, uh, there's been a presence of love there and light there that light's stronger i've experienced light to be stronger than darkness <laughs> yeah. um and that hasn't looked beautiful or pretty at all um but to encapsulate it there was when we slept on the riverbanks of the colorado river in the green king and they told us you need to make sure you wake up in the middle of the night because when this moon sets behind the ridge of the king and by the rim behind the rim um you will be in the darkest place of your life. And you're literally over a mile into the surface of the earth. Like there's no ambient light, but because it is so dark and because you are, there's, there's no seemingly no light or hope. um, The stars will shine brighter and they will appear closer than they've ever appeared before. And that, I woke up in the middle of the night and I mean, it was like right in front of my face. It felt, I, it was wild. And I just thought, man, I think what I want people to know is about me is that if you're walking through a dark season, I've been there too. And the suffering doesn't get the final word. I believe that love does. And, uh, and to know you're not alone and, uh, and I'm sorry that you're there, but what if we sang our way through the sorrow together? (laughs) So I think for me, I I want people to know that there's a, there's a wide open door for me uh, to say, I'll sing alongside you in this. 
because uh, I've encountered love and light even in in dark places. That's awesome. Well, as a songwriter, uh, since everybody listening to this pretty much is going to be a songwriter, so what do you have a couple of tips for people on writing their truth? Absolutely. I love that you say writing their truth. I would say, uh, tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> it's like, I, it is such a, um, there's a really great book that I love um, called Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. Yeah, she is, book. it is a great book. And she always says, when you write something that feels like, oh, that might be too much. That feels a little too raw. She's like, that's where the energy is. That's where the story is. That's where the connective tissue is that everybody else knows what that is. That thing that you don't want anybody else to read. She was like, dig in, <laughs> like go deeper. And so I would say, um, write the truth. And then I would also say, dare to suck, like take risks, play. Um, and I think like, to be willing to try new things to be willing to edit, start over, toss something out, you know, throw an idea out there um, is, is a really big gift. And I, this was a very helpful metaphor for me as a writer. Um, there's two kinds of, a lot of times there's two kinds of writers in the room if you're in a co-write. And one is the pitcher who just is like, idea, idea. Oh, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then one tends to be a catcher they're like, mm, ooh, that. And um, that has been a really helpful thing for me. I'm more of the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's been a really helpful thing when I'm in co-writes. If I'm not with a catcher, I, I like make a mental note of like, okay, hold up. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we just wrote like 10 songs. Um, and that's been a, that's been sort of like a helpful, that's been a helpful metaphor for me uh, when I'm in co-writes. That's awesome. Yeah, I tell people, um, I was mentoring someone one time and she played me this song and it was, the idea was super emotional and I wanted to cry, but I didn't cry. And so I asked her if she cried when she wrote it and she said, well, I started to and I dialed it back. And I could feel that in her song. And so I, I told her to go write it until she was blowing snot bubbles and and then come play it for me and she came and played it for me and it blew me away we cried oh. together and you're right i think it we we often we get to this point where we go oh i don't want to i don't know if i could sing that without breaking down and we we pull it back and that's where the beauty and the real great stuff lies is, oh, is the places that are we're afraid to touch sometimes a hundred percent and i think that is the stuff I think for me, I was like a bad version of Taylor Swift in college. <laughs> I was like writing heartbreak songs in the dorm room stairwell because uh, so I wouldn't wake up my roommates, you know, and also it sounds good in the stairwell. Right. Yeah. But I think one of the most powerful things is I was singing about my heartbreak with not very great songs. Inevitably, what would happen was... I always say you have to write the bad songs to get the good ones. Like, just keep writing, keep writing, like, keep right. at it, keep writing. But what would happen as I just shared my heart is I would lean into that truth of feeling broken or feeling abandoned or feeling not enough or feeling tossed aside. Uh, girls would line the stairwell and not all the time sober, lots off, very often crying. And then they would sit down 
and say, thank you so much for that song. Let me tell you my story. And I think that's like the power of songs. If you can be brave enough as a songwriter to tell your story or to help someone else um, tell their story or, or tell someone else's story, like in the truest, most raw way, if you're willing to be brave, I get it's you're saying I'll go first. You're saying yeah. I'll go first. You're exactly. like, and then you, and it invites other people into that. And um, I love the way that songs connect our stories and, and the braver you are, I think the more permission you give other people to be brave and to connect with your work and your story and your voice and your songs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Everybody should go buy and listen to Canyon. It's been um, a light in some dark places for me. And so just thanks for sharing your heart with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. And uh, right on, my friends. We will put the um, links to all of Ellie's music and her um, website, social media, and all that stuff in the show notes. And I really encourage you to listen to this album. It, it's really uh, inspirational, but it's a, also a great dose of light and hope uh, in, a, in a world that can be pretty discouraging. So I hope you will check it out wherever you listen to music and that you'll uh, follow Ellie and her career. We're a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network, and uh, we encourage you to check out other great songwriting podcasts on the network. Also encourage you to check out uh, the books that we have from Songtown and Songtown itself, and all the links for those things will be in the show notes as well. If you don't know what Songtown is, it's a worldwide community of thousands of songwriters who uh, buy into the idea that writing a better song is the answer to whatever problem you're having with your music. So we teach, we encourage, uh, we connect people with industry people when they're ready. So check it all out. I'm going to leave you with one of Ellie's songs called Gold. And this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Hope you'll enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. You are wonderful. You are kind. You are patient. You are